Welcome to the SR Show of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development Podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guests today are Natalia Vershinina from Modencia Business School, North France, and Nicola Phillips from the Montfort University, Leicester, UK. They both published an article entitled Online Communities and Entrepreneuring Model Practices of Building, Being, and Belonging. They co-authored this paper with Maura McAdam from Dublin City University. This article has been published in a special issue dedicated to Alistair Anderson in Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Taylor and Francis. Natalia, Nicola, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Vincent, for having us. Hello, Vincent. Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer? Wow, wonderful question. And I think a lot to tell about this particular paper. So our paper focuses on online communities and particularly sheds light on the experiences that mothers uh, have when they develop entrepreneurial ventures and they engage in running those entrepreneurial ventures alongside uh, having children. And specifically, our focus is to understand uh, how and what, you know, what is the role of the online communities in enabling entrepreneuring mothers to pursue, pursue a career um, during and uh, you know, after becoming a parent. Um, if I were to kind of expand a little bit about why this study was uh, conceived, uh, Nicola and I worked at the same institution and we had an idea that uh, there's a lot of work that's been done uh, that focuses on uh, male figures in entrepreneurship and we wanted to uh, possibly expand on some of the emerging work at the time on uh, mothers, entrepreneurs and the challenges that they've experienced, particularly during the times when they had young children, they were raising young children and wanted to, you know, wanting to develop something uh, that, that is uh, fulfilling as a career beyond their professional uh, kind of journey. And looking at uh, online communities was one of the ways in which we could do it, on online communities that were supportive of entrepreneurial activity. At the time, there was very little written on the, on the subject and uh, we were inspired by some of the original work uh, of Professor, late Professor Alistair Anderson who talked about the social phenomena and the importance of the social phenomena and relational phenomena in entrepreneurship and we wanted to kind of expand this knowledge and bring it into the online space. Nikki, do you want to add anything? I think what's really interesting is how we recognise that the sort of thinking on communities of practice had progressed. So whereas traditionally this was viewed as a sort of trajectory of the individual into a community, um, Wenger's later work really looks at this idea of how um, now there's more focus on the individual negotiating their identification with multiple overlapping complex communities, um, constellations of communities almost. And I think that resonated with us and the complexity of women's challenges in terms of negotiating their sense of belonging to um, communities and, and, and their sense of accountability to very distinct and often 
conflicting um, kind of domains of, um, of social identity. So becoming a mother and becoming an entrepreneur at the same time and the sense of identity dissonance that that creates, I think that's why we kind of knew that this was going to be a really interesting and unique context. What are the main contributions of your paper? Um, I, th I think that's probably best to start there in that we make um, our first key contribution is to the body of literature, as Natalia explains, that looks at entrepreneurship as coming from communities. And through identifying and conceptualizing three overlapping domains of relational practice, so those associated with being, those associated with belonging, and those more instrumental exchanges associated with building businesses, I think we've made quite an important contribution there. Um, particularly in the sense that belonging isn't necessarily the final stage in a linear process. Um, what we found quite fascinating is the extent to which a sense of belonging really enabled women to um, sort of gain the confidence and create a sense of themselves as, you know, potentially being and becoming entrepreneurs. So the sense of belonging and the social anchorage that they gained through engagement in the community enabled them to confidently start to exchange and co-create this discursive repertoire that helped them uh, address identity dissonance and, and, and get a sense of themselves as entrepreneurs and good mothers at the same time. And um, the second key uh, contribution is looking at some of the uh, specific correct characteristics really of these distributed communities. We uh, carried out our research on on and offline community contexts associated with mumsnet.com, which is um, the UK's largest uh, online social network for parents. Um, and I think that's quite interesting too and quite a novel contribution in the sense that this wasn't one space, it was um, a sense of community interactions occurring um, across multiple platforms, yet they were all imbued by certain characteristics, norms and conventions of the host Mumsnet. And one of the most important elements of that is the fact that the motherhood identity didn't need to be denied, you know, could be embraced and even foregrounded in many of the conversations. And I think that was really important. So what we've done is try to look at and identify some of the characteristics of that community context that have facilitated processes of identity adaptation for entrepreneuring mothers. What was for you the main theoretical or maybe methodological challenge or challenges in addressing such a question? I think I'll take this this question. Uh, thank you, Nikki, for explaining the contribution. And uh, of course, uh, the paper is uh, a result of ongoing debates. We've kind of uh, uh, tried and tried to see the the, the study, the, the subjects, uh, the, the, the practices through different theoretical angles. But what it came down to is, first of all, the theoretical uh, kind of development of uh, and, and, and con contributing to the, the theory of identity adaptation and identity entrepreneurship and how this interlaces uh, sort of the experiences of, of, of motherhood. And as we know, entrepreneurs can be understood in their social milieu. This is something that uh, um, in the original paper from 2007, uh, Sarah, Sarah Dracopoulodod and Alistair Anderson have discussed it at depth. And what we have uh, revealed is uh, that uh, theoretically, the experience of traversing a complex entrepreneurial landscape 
um, is rather difficult, especially when you carry a luggage of several other identities, uh, where women, in fact, are positioned as other, where they're not seen as a, as a norm, where they're always judged, judged, and they judge themselves. And in fact, entrepreneurial identity acts as a stereotypical uh, kind of uh, hook against which they're constantly compared. Um, what we found is that uh, not all mothers, of course, are able to set up businesses whilst they're having children or around the children. But uh, they also don't have the capacity, all of them have the capacity to identify with uh, this uh, normalized um, entrepreneurial category. Um, what was important for us is to, to look at and reveal some of the um, maybe feminized worker identity positions um, in so much that we could see them in the group in the group context within a community. And this is where the community of practice literature came in because it enabled us to reveal the relationality between the practice of entrepreneurship that happens, between the adaptation of identities that happens during the entrepreneurial endeavor and how uh, women who are mothers also experience belonging to a group because they want to emulate certain experiences. They are constantly searching for role models and they're constantly searching for meaning in their life because they want to make sense of where they are, of the salient identities, of the changes in identities that are happening at that point in time. And this community of communities of practice literature enabled us to kind of categorize and to, to view these experiences in a more uh, formulaic way. During your research journey, what was your biggest surprise or the most counterintuitive results? <laughs> we've, had, we've had a lot of debates around this. And actually, this is where, uh, and I'm sure Nikki will, will confirm and also bring a couple of other stories. Uh, this is where we were you know, having major discussions with our reviewers about uh, whether we've interpreted the data correct, correctly, whether we've been able to link, and uh, whether our ontological position was correct when we chose to pursue Uh, collection of data in the way that we did. So within the paper, we uh, use uh, several data sets. I mean, one relates to the observation data, participant observation from uh, Mumsnet uh, um, uh, event that we've attended, which was connected to self-employment and particularly focused on enabling uh, women who are mothers to return back to work. And uh, attending this event was important for us because we were able to identify the, you know, several um, cases that we then uh, approached for further data collection of the interviews. And in addition to this, we've also worked through, and this is this is the, you know, great work of Nikki, my my co-author. I'm super proud of all the work that she's put in in uh, identifying the important threads within the huge data set um, or database of uh, Mumsnet online, identifying key threads related to our topic, you know, using important keywords that we explain in the paper, but also uh, analyzing, identifying the right patterns, connections, and identifying some of the surprises. You know, that, for instance, uh, women exchange not only convivially, Uh, online, but also, you know, kind of they, they tell you the truth, how it is, and they have no particular reservations around this. And I think this also highlights the differences between the networking that happens face to face and what can happen online. 
And uh, also during some of the some of the interviews, I guess we've had uh, uh, debates with our participants who have rejected some of the ideals related to the label of mompreneur. They did not like it. They felt that this was not appropriate to use, uh, to label them. They preferred to be entrepreneurs and wanted to be treated as such. And I think uh, there are more stories. Maybe I'll pass on to Nicola. She might add something here. Okay. It, well, the data was really rich, wasn't it? And, and I think I'm, I'm with you, Natalia. What was interesting was those sort of layers of interpretation and challenging ourselves to read between the lines. And that's where the three data sets really helped. Um, I, I think one of the most, not surprising, but illuminating elements really was this idea of storytelling. And as we sort of moved into the second stage of data analysis, try, uh, data analysis trying to interpret that data with, you know, using um, some theory, it, it was the idea of how the women are creating the building blocks that they can use to tell the stories of self. So we were challenging ourselves in the early days to say, what we're seeing is the interpretation that women have crafted, reflected on and selected to share. So this isn't live experience. There's a big difference between what we choose to share on social media and the reality of our lives. Granted. So what are you interpreting? Are you interpreting somebody's construction or reality? But what's really interesting is that there are certain characteristics of the community that facilitate authentic self-disclosure or enable authentic self-disclosure. So it is quite a safe place. Um, and I think had we not attended Workfest and had we not participated in Mums Net Workfest Live um, and seen women move to tears sometimes as they sort of share their experiences and their ups and downs and the messy stuff behind the scenes and the mother guilt that they experience on a day to day basis. I don't think we would have been able to interpret some of that data, which is a combination of stories that have been crafted and selected to share and also at the same time a willingness to share the uncomfortable um, reality of trying to juggle these different um, identities and these different roles and these different performances on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think that was one of the most interesting elements, women talking about, um, you know, their hopes and dreams for their businesses and seeking and sharing practical advice at the same time as acknowledging that they have to stop now or go because they have to comb knits from their child's hair and they wouldn't be able to do this in a traditional, um, you know, business networking setting. And I think it's that, that willingness and confidence to share authentically and to self-present authentically and perhaps a little bit of online disinhibition as well that meant that through the process of sharing the practical uh, support, there was this trust and this confidence um, developing that creates so, um, you know, a sense of belonging um, that I think is really important to building that sense of a community. What are the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs, managers, policymakers, practitioners in general? I think there are plenty to discuss, but maybe I'll focus on a, on a couple. Um, what I think is really important, particularly for, for those that support women, who engage in mentoring women into entrepreneurship and support them, is to understand the need to be connected to other, other people 
and the difficulties of doing so on normal terms, like every other person. And it's not possible when you are a mother. Therefore, identifying and also supporting communities, uh, online communities, might be one way in which women could, could benefit because actually it enables them to not only practice uh, various kind of identity performances during this period, identify who they are, how they want to be perceived by others, but also to identify people who have very similar experiences and also are having very similar challenges. Uh, of course, um, different communities may offer different uh, support. And in some communities, I mean, for instance, Mumsnet in the UK, and I'm sure there are others abroad uh, that offer similar, similar support. What we can see is we can see a record of discussions that remains there for a period of time and that women can go to at any point in time during the night and read and make sense of it. So it's not something that is limited, time limited. There is an opportunity to always revisit and kind of reconfigure what you what you see, what you read, and what you also contribute to the community. And we also see the differences between those that are young entrepreneurs that come in uh, for what we call, um, you know, possibly uh, more opportunistic uh, information-seeking behavior. But then we also see how people with time engage with those communities and they're willing to contribute to those communities in, in uh, giving answers, in uh, possibly kind of uh, giving some candor if necessary, but also supporting others. Um, and I think our our article and particularly the fact that we've merged these three different data sets enabled us to reveal uh, what these different performances are that women perform um, and how they experience belonging through this identification of the sense of togetherness, you know, in adversity, mm -hmm. because they're struggling together and they can see that they're not alone. And I think to me, this is probably one of the biggest practical issue that we can we can address and we can help to address. I will see uh, if Nicola yeah. has something to add to this. For me, what's important is that we have that insight into the nature of the support structures that women really need to start um, and succeed. And most importantly, to develop the resilience to cope with life when things get very, very tough. I mean, I think that was quite surprising. Although women talked about the, the satisfaction that they get and their pride in their ventures, they were working exceptionally long hours, they had less flexibility, they had, um, you know, less time in many cases to spend with their children, even though work-life balance had been the reason why they pursued an entrepreneurial path. So this is tough. Um, and yet, belonging to that community gives women the resilience um, to enable them to deal with those challenges. But I think what's important is that, you know, you need seed corn funding to land on fertile soil. And, you know, women at home at the kitchen table with a restless toddler at their feet and a laptop are the equivalent of barren ground without those uh, support structures and platforms to enable them to engage and interact with you know an entrepreneurial community and and to access those discursive resources that are going to help them build um, a narrative of self that makes sense um, and enables them to get that sense of who they are uh, you know across those two sometimes conflicting um, identity domains of, of entrepreneur and mother. 
Thanks a lot, Natalia. Thanks a lot, Nicola, for participating to our show and presenting your paper entitled Online Communities and Entrepreneuring Mothers Practices of Building, Being and Belonging. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-ed.com and on the main podcast platforms. 